You're listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association, where we discuss the latest market trends in outdoor recreation. And now, here are your hosts, Kelly Davis and Patrick Hogan. Hey everyone, welcome back for another episode of Inside the Outdoors. I'm your host, Patrick Hogan. In this episode, Kelly and I discuss the importance of retail sales data as a way to measure the health of our outdoor recreation industry, identify market opportunities, and benchmark an organization's growth against the growth of the category. How can retail sales metrics inform our view of the market? Which sales are typically included or excluded in retail sales data sets? Let's get into it. I saw your state of, uh, state of the market. Well, I forget what the yeah, title is. It's called the quarterly state of the market. You'll like it. I mean, I've got that pretty routinized so that what I'm trying to do is, is get the members that read it to to have expectations about what's going to be in it and what order that mm-hmm. will be. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, it's BLS. It's so employment, inflation, and I do uh institute for supply management data, which kind of not supposed to do, but it's got great benchmarks in it. And, um, you know, just a, a couple of other little, little pieces in there that work to tell a story about what's going on in the overall economy, because there's so much misinformation. I mean, that, Everything's become a marketing campaign. It's the the war. War is a marketing campaign now. Yeah. The economy is a marketing campaign. And I, I mean, it makes me feel shitty because I know that there are a whole bunch of people like me that are are manipulating perception, you know, to suit whatever whoever's paying them. And it and it feels really shitty. And I I mean, I can see what's going on. I, can, I feel what's you can feel it as a human being. You can feel it, but. Knowing exactly what's behind the scenes actually makes you feel worse. That's why I got out of Intel. I didn't want to do that shit anymore. Sure. That makes sense. It's more fun to study this stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a funny thing. That's how I felt about measuring target shooting. Like, It's not really an outdoor activity, uh, target shooting. Even the crossover from target shooting to hunting is, it's lower than expected. Yeah. A bunch of yahoos going to underground gun ranges and shooting their gun to make themselves feel better. To be fair, Summit <laughs> County here in Colorado has a public range, an outdoor public range with like a 25-yard handgun range and a 100-yard rifle range and then a shotgun range where you could take your own like throwers or, or those little plastic, really just an open space with a you stand behind this line. You throw that's about throw up dishes. <laughs> I guess you, I think it has to be biodegradable because it's all open space, right? Oh, so it's good. the county that's takes good. care of it. But um, all right, that's that's the only sort of target shooting that I can imagine that sort of fits into our outdoor rec definition, as I understand it. Like I know that the BEA has their own sort of like here's here's the traditional maybe recreation activities, and then they have their like amusement parks yeah. and all these other like engineered environmental activities. They actually call it conventional, I believe. Conventional. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So when I worked on the hunting and fishing side, we had the benefit of excise tax dollars sort of helping ground our our market size estimates because we know that there's excise taxes levied on firearms and ammunition, rods, reels, tackle boxes, all, all these like durable goods that go into participating in these activities. And so that really helped inform our view of the overall market and, and retail sales. And now that I'm on the bike side, we don't have that same sort of input. And so what we found really helpful to gauge our um, expectations for the market or uh, or to size the market appropriately is retail sales data. And, and as I understand, 
y'all just started purchasing retail sales data too, right? Yeah, we did. And we're going to start reporting that in January. So we get our we get our first data set to report on on probably right around January 8th. So we will be reporting on retail sales and outdoor uh, monthly, starting monthly, probably right around January 15th would be my guess. It might take us a, a week, maybe setting expectations here. But I will have that date on the 8th. And that's very exciting. Thank you. We, we contracted with Circana. Um, also known as as MPD in our industry. And we are getting data down to the subcategory level. So that would be something like if, you know, a, a large super category would be apparel. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting data all the way down to, it goes apparel accessories, handwear, handwear, and we can get data down to something like boys' gloves and mittens. I mean, that's, that's how, yeah. that, that's the level of data that we're talking about. We do not, we're not going to report on brand. We're not going to report on product. We're not going to report on inventory, but we've got units sold, dollar sold, change, so trends, and um, average selling price for every mm-hmm. subcategory in outdoor. Heck yeah. yeah. How much history do you have in those reports? We we get we also purchase from Circana, so that's available to people for bikes members. And each monthly report contains three years of history, which is amazing. So you can like, yeah, you can understand year over year what October may have been, for instance, but you can navigate over to another tab and go, okay, now I can sort of like understand the context of this marketplace and how we're comparing against the previous year and the previous year. And and 36 months of history really helps us understand where the market's going, not just where we are at this moment in time. It's really nice to trend. I mean, we're, we're going to get there. We, we decided to go for 12 months, three months, one month deltas. Yeah. Um, And I mean, that's basically, we, we could afford for our members so it'll take a little it'll take a little bit of, of time for us. M- many of our members already buy Circana data, so they're they're going to have a good idea of what's going on. We'll be able to trend the top line over the course of say thirty six months. But what what we're really looking for is is data, the most current data available on retail sales today. I mean that's good. That's what Circana is offering to the industry, so that we can we can understand you know where the market is and we can understand it. While we're triangulating that data with our proprietary participation data, which you also have, and mm-hmm. consumer intelligence data from from civic science. So the idea is to build the three-legged stool that you and I have talked about a million times. I mean, it's yes. very important to triangulate data. So this gives us that critical third leg of the chair. Um, this allows us to see all an, an, a really important aspect of the market, not the only aspect and certainly not an absolutely complete aspect. I mean, we're not measuring direct to consumer, so you know we've got to we've got to be really careful in how we understand sales in our marketplace. Yeah. But this is a really really important piece, and you know I'm I am I'm already I'm already seeing interesting things in the data. Like there's some weird For stuff. Sure. I, and they so I got I do have October data. They gave a we're basically practicing on it at this point. Yeah but, yeah I yeah. Mean, the market's the market's slightly down about four percent dollars to twenty seven nine billion dollars, which is which is you know significant. And you think about the overall gross economic output mm-hmm. of outdoor at at one point one trillion, and you think, wow, you know, just considering that that you know we've got twenty eight billion retail sales that are driving all of that all that economic impact is a pretty yeah. amazing thing. And then you get into the little things. I mean, you start to see really. Really funny things in the data, like right now, I'm seeing this massive surge in the sales of base layer. It's up almost forty percent. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. 
I don't, it's, it's weird. I'm thinking, did the, did the winter in the West last year just traumatize that group? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, That's I don't want to know what they did with their base layer from last year. I mean, maybe, maybe it was too used to replace I mean, it. I don't know, but I mean, this gives that. That's what retail data does. It, yes. it gives you that view, so that so that you can really, you know, get down into the nitty gritty. I mean, I would love to have brand. I really would. But mm -hmm. yeah, we're know, in the same position. That's just that's just not that's just not possible. Yeah, um, with but the e even then, yeah, having those having like skew level details, and we can get down into those categories and subcategories and classes and everything. That's so valuable for us to understand some of those like micro trends and, and how we're seeing, you know, like electric mountain bikes emerge within the electric category. Like there's so much value to be gleaned from that level of detail. It, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I mean, this tells me that when I, when I look through this data and I, and I see something like Hucci's base layer sales are going nuts. Mm -hmm. If, if I were, if I were in the base layer market, that would be that would be critical data for me. I mean, that would tell me that this is the time to surge my marketing. Right? This is this is the time to really talk about why base layers. Are, you're going to need your base layer this year. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. And it would help if the weather if the weather got even colder. I don't know. Or it you know started threatening people with. Right now, I think we all need rain boots, given what we're seeing up in Maine and New Hampshire. Yeah, and that yeah. was nuts this week. So yeah, I, I'm going to be watching retail data for rainwear and see if see where that goes. I don't know, but it gives you an opportunity to check for trends, to look for trends, to discover, which is my favorite thing, trends that are that are empirically based. Yeah, well, and and not just that, but it gives you a chance to like review opportunities. And um, we we do have inventory data for the specialty channel in bike, uh, which is crazy valuable. We started getting it in twenty one, and so we could see at that point because we had three years of history, nineteen, twenty, and twenty one. We could start start to see when the bullwhip effect was was going the other way, and all of a sudden dealers had too much inventory, and then the brands who are members of People for Bikes can go, okay, you know what? We need to start like really cranking down just just to make sure that we're not over inundating our dealers with products that are then just gonna sit there forever and it's gonna screw up our our purchase cycle and everything. Yeah, it, it can definitely help inform decisions. And any data-driven organization is going to run more efficiently, more efficiently than an, an organization that's not using data. Yeah, no kidding. You know, my ability to 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 look at the participation data and say, okay, we've got 14.5 million new participants in outdoor. Many of them are doing uh, activities that don't require a whole lot of gear. I mean, we're talking about hiking and birding and things like that. But you know, I'm, I can use that data and, and look in the retail data and say, okay, you know, what would you, what would we expect the casual consumer to be buying? And is that happening right now? And indeed we are, we are seeing that. I mean, look in footwear, just in footwear alone, and you're going to find some support for the data that we're seeing in, about growth of casual participation and outdoor in the retail yeah. data. Yeah. Uh, really important. I mean, think about it. If you're in the footwear market and you're selling shoes to understand that about 25% of, of even core hikers are wearing trail running shoes to hike. They're not wearing hiking boots or that casual people are just are buying whatever shoes that look good and hiking in them. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, no, and the lesson there is make your shoes look better. You know, more people yeah. will buy them. But the idea that there are more casual people that are that are participating in these activities and and need gear, and there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with wearing. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wearing any shoe on any trail. Any no, 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 no. In fact, if you want to go barefoot, you know, go do your thing. You know, you're probably gonna hurt your feet, but 
cool. I'm more interested in in, in the fact that you're out there because eventually you'll enter the market probably to buy shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but the retail data does give us a um, a much it clears up some of the blurry spots in our yeah going in and out to our market. Yeah, well, and I think it helps like address some of our our biases a little bit, you know. And I say that as someone who thought that um, what was happening in my particular corner of the market when I was working in retail um, must be the case for my whole region or for the whole market or whatever. And and you can. When you start zooming out and you get to see the whole market at once, you can get a better understanding of how everything's sort of flowing through the marketplace, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. You can kind of zoom out from your niche category and you can you can see how it's nested within the greater category, the super category. Yeah. But one thing that that has been interesting for me coming from snow sports, and snow sports I use this data quite a bit. Um, and I have full access to it. I mean, I had access down to the product level which is pretty amazing. I could see sales by price point. There are a lot of things that I can see that, that I don't get that view of now. And I mean, that, that really, it, it prepared me for what I'm doing now, which is a much, much larger job. Um, you know, outdoor is much, much larger than just snow. Yeah, for sure. It just reminds me that, you know, and even outdoor is, is, you know, a pretty small slice of the world. It's a pretty small yeah. slice of the retail pie. And, you know, I keep that in mind, but, it's you're right. You know, when, if you're if you're selling socks, why you know then you, you do need to care about footwear, and you do yeah. need, you need to, you need to understand that view. And I mean, it's it's going to be helpful to you to to know that um, a whole bunch of people all of a sudden are thinking that they need new base layer because what do people buy when they buy base layer? Sock. Oh, it's just a yeah. I was going to guess sock. So I guess it's, it's kind of cheap for me to answer it after you get the answer. But <laughs> that's yeah, that that would be my expectation. I buy new base layers, I buy new socks because I want to be warm. You could have said like I don't know skis, and I probably would have said yeah, ski and yeah. socks. Yeah, you know, like I I often describe bikes as like the bellwether for those other categories because bike sales will sort of inform our expectations for parts and accessories and and um, helmets and footwear and gloves and apparel and and so. Those companies that don't participate in the or like aren't active in the complete bike market still need to know what's happening there because that's going to eventually affect whatever sort of adjacent market or like a subcategory you're in. It is. Yeah, here's a just a side story. At one point in snow sports, I tried to correlate different different category sales. And I, I did get some mm. I did get some relationships, right? And no, no, really strong ones, but I did get some relationships. But it turned out they were all this bullshit. <laughs> Honestly, like it just didn't hold up over That's time. Funny. And because I'm, th- I was sitting here thinking while you were saying that, I'm like, if I was just listening to this podcast, I think, well, why aren't you guys trying to do some analysis on that? You know, if if you really think that people are buying socks whenever they buy base layer, then you need to prove that in the data. And that person, yeah. that person would be right. Here I go answering my own questions again. hundred percent, that person's right. I'll <laughs> I'll agree with your answer of your question. But yeah, you know, I think that one of the benefits of being a People for Bikes member is that anything that your dues pay for, you have full access to. So anyone can have like those backend data from those MPD reports, and the data scientist in that office can go, okay, you know what? Let's let's play around with this a bit. We'll see if there are some interesting correlations we can pull out. And uh, because because you know we're focused on this particular niche category. And that's not something that I can do for every subcategory, but I can I can arm all of our members with the tools and the data necessary to do that themselves and really leverage those data into more actionable information. 
Yeah. And I mean, for us, members can access me anytime if they have a question about the data or because honestly, Patrick, a lot of our members do not have a data scientist on staff. I know. I know. They don't even have a market researcher on staff. They've got somebody in marketing that took a two hour long course and surveyed. <laughs> and, sure. and that's fine. There's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, at, at outdoor, we want to be a resource for our members that don't have that that don't have a market researcher on their staff or don't don't have a marketer they even took the 2 hour class we're there for them to help them interpret the data in a way that that's that maximizes its efficacy for the brand so not only are we going to do so every month we're going to get the data we're going and I know mm-hmm. I know you guys do basically the same thing we're going to get the data we write we write a summary of it and provide the data yeah. and the summary to our members along with some video support of basically me just talking about things I'm seeing in the data Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't do videos. I do a webinar every once in a while, but I haven't done any videos. Well, that might be fun. Honestly, I wish you and I did the monthly Circana data data view together. Oh, that could be cool. Wouldn't that be interesting? Let's think about that. All right. I'll, More uh, Kelly and Patrick time. Why not? <laughs> you, you said something earlier I want to circle back to, and that was uh, the fact that what you and I are talking about is specifically retail sales. And right. historically, that has been sufficient for our understanding of the market. Um, And what I mean by that is that the fact that there are no direct-to-consumer sales measured in these products hasn't really been an issue until the last, I'll say, five years, where it's like no longer negligible. And that's something that that we are starting to address at People for Bikes by creating a product that will measure the D2C market for complete bicycles. Uh, But yeah, like it's, it's... hard to really speak to the size of the entire market to, to understand how many bikes are sold in the U.S. without bringing in that D2C component. Yeah. Um, talking about correlations, so we correlate uh, Google Trends for buy bicycles, so like, you know, where to buy a bicycle, best bicycle to buy. Correlate that with the retail sales that we get from Circana for complete bicycles, just unit sales of complete bicycles. And historically, you know, the correlation's like 70% of the variation uh, in sales, it's explained by this Google trend. That started to dip a lot recently as we think that direct-to-consumer is consuming more of the market. And those sales are still happening. The interest is still high, but those those sales are transitioning to a different channel and they're happening um, either online or in store. They're purchasing directly from brands, which you know is, is neither good nor bad. It, it's just something that we need to work hard to measure so that we can more com- comprehensively describe the size of the market. That makes sense. I, I wish I could do it for every single category. Um, yeah, I want to know everything about everything. That's, so that's the mission statement. <laughs> <laughs> Gather data. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm particularly interested in whether are you separating e-bike from from analog? Yes, yes, and not only that, but but digging into like the the category of e-bike, so road or e-mountain or e-transit, and then the motor class, yeah, class one, class two, class three. So it it becomes its own sort of two or three dimensional market. Yeah. I would imagine that direct consumer sales are pretty high in e-bike. They are higher in that category than any other category. Yeah. It's it's a significant portion of the market. Yeah. It's, well, one thing that's happening in outdoor that I'm really interested in is business starts. And we've got we've got thousands of little companies that are making really specialized products, whether it's an apparel product, apparel accessory, or or gear, and they're selling them direct to consumer. And yeah. I, have a, I have a very big interest in 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 seeing that part of the market. And 
you know, I can guess category to category, you know, what percentage of sales I think is there. It's a guess. That's that's mm-hmm. the best I can do. But what I what I'm really interested in seeing right now in in direct to consumer is what those products are. Is there is there a whole bunch of innovation that we're missing in the marketplace because we're not covering those sales? Um, we're not covering those products. So that's that's my interest in it. We'll get there. I think we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um, I, I know you and I have a whole bunch of ideas about that, but just the the ability to view the aggregate of retail sales is super important to me in terms of of the overall trend in outdoor. Um, and you know, we'll we'll talk. I think next episode about what we're going to see in twenty twenty four. Yeah, uh, but I can see the overall trends in the retail data, and I think that. I'm just going to I'm going to hypothesize that direct to consumer sales probably follow the same trends. Yeah, I I I think so with the caveat that I think that market for me is or that channel at least is growing while retail might be having a harder time. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean I that may stabilize um in the next year. I mean we're getting signals from from other research groups that brick and mortar is gaining in popularity as we get further and further away yeah. from the pandemic. But that's all right. But you know, we'll we'll believe it when we see it. We can see e-com sales. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like we're missing e-com completely. I mean, that's we've got all retail e-com sales projected yep. into this data too. So, the key thing for me, and the key thing that I want to do for our members is make sure that we're following market trends. And yeah, there are always going to be some spots where I would love to get more data, but this is one of those spots where I really want more data, and now we've got it. So just I filling in it. the gaps, Patrick, just filling in those data gaps. That's perfect. I love it. Well, I'm looking forward to reading the new report when it comes out in mid-January, right? You got it. You got it. Well, you, you know, I'll have, to, I'll have to sneak the content to you maybe. <laughs> I'll definitely, I'll definitely let you see the videos because those are going to be hilarious. They, the, the vision is they'll be about five minutes long um, mm-hmm. so that they don't, it's not an overwhelming web and you know, I like I do like webinars, but they have they have a place. And I yes. think that I'm I'm a big fan of chunking up content so that if you just want to watch a, a minute or two of somebody saying, "Hey, this is what's going on in the retail market," mm-hmm. and you don't want to waste an hour of your time, you know, basically blanking out your screen and doing something else and not actually listening. Um, yes, <laughs> come, and, come and grab the you know the the market minute bites from from Kelly about retail data. And retail sales in the outdoor market. That. Amazing, very cool. I wonder how much information I can I can I <laughs> communicate in one minute. Yeah, that's a what an interesting challenge. I like that. Yeah, here's everything you need to know about this month in one minute. And but he, you're exactly right. I mean, anything we can do to serve up information in a more digestible format, it makes it more likely to get used. Well, thinking about the you know what I'm what I really want to do. For the next maybe six weeks, like really all I want to do is skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, yeah. I'm like yeah. sitting here on edge of it, waiting for my waiting for my home resorts to open. I mean, it's it's imminent. It's coming. Yeah. But um, yeah, you know, when I when I really think about what we're trying to do with this data, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be an amazing new year in 2024. And I think Exciting. I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, for I think it's going to be great for OIA research simply because we've got a much clearer picture. That's it. Yeah, that's great. I love it. Thanks for listening to Inside the Outdoors, presented by People for Bikes and the Outdoor Industry Association. We'll see you next time.